Hey, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Boldly Pursuing Podcast. Oh, my goodness, you guys, we have such an incredible conversation for you today. Today, I interviewed my dear friend, Michaela Gasling, who five months ago gave birth to her fourth child and just a few days later was rushed hours away um, for emergency brain surgery after the doctors discovered a huge brain tumor. So her story is absolutely incredible and the ways that she saw God show up throughout the entire story. So I am so excited for you guys to hear this conversation and I know that it is going to be such a blessing for so many people today. So here's my conversation with Michaela. Michaela, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you and to have everyone hear your incredible story. But first, why don't you just start and kind of introduce yourself and tell us just a little bit about you. Okay, well, my name is Michaela Gasling, and I live on a farm and ranch in western Nebraska with my husband and our four children. We have a daughter who's nine, a son who is six, another daughter who's three, and a baby who is five months old today, actually. So I used to work full-time as an ultrasound technologist for about seven years, and then part-time for a few years, and then we moved here to my husband's family farm. And for about the last four years, I have decided to stay home full-time. And that fourth baby, who's five months old, she has a pretty crazy story that goes along with your story. So why don't you tell us about how when she was just a few days old, you were rushed to Denver for emergency brain surgery? All right. Well, I will start back a little ways uh, before that fourth child was, was ever even imagined. So January of 2020, My husband had earned a free trip to Mexico through his work. He works as an agronomist, along with farming kind of on the side here right now. And everything was good. We were excited until about a few days before we were supposed to leave. I started having some major anxiety and just feeling really afraid to be out of the country, away from our three kids And our son started having nightmares that something happened to us on the plane. Our childcare fell through right at the last minute. So all of these things I just kind of took as signs that we were not supposed to go. So I had told Matt he could cancel my plane ticket. And then a really close friend of mine, thankfully, we got together and she reminded me that when you feel fear or anxiety like that, it's not from God that that's Satan causing those things. And of course she's right. So long story short, we ended up going to Mexico, having a fabulous time. And a couple of weeks after we returned, I found out that I was pregnant, which was a wonderful surprise. We had not specifically been planning another baby. We were open to it, but we were surprised and excited for a little while. And then I just proceeded to kind of have a really, really rough pregnancy uh, from getting really sick in April with probably the coronavirus, because of course there's a world pandemic going on at the same time. And then getting pneumonia, it took a couple of months for me to recover and be able to 
breathe well again, literally. And around that time in the summer, then I started having headaches, which is really uncharacteristic for me. And I just chalked it up to pregnancy. And also sometime in July, I noticed that I could not hear out of my left ear. And again, I just kind of chalked it up to the corn was pollinating here, you know, allergies or a sinus infection or something. And as my pregnancy progressed, as I got closer and closer to delivering, the headaches just intensified and got worse and worse. And I even spent a couple of days in the hospital with my headaches, like just trying to get on top of the pain because I was so miserable uh, the yeah. week the week before I delivered. So then we're finally to October and her birth actually went really well. I did not have a headache that day, but I did decide, I think just because of how much pain I'd been in already, uh, I decided to have an epidural with her, which I'd had our three other kids without epidurals. And I will tell you how that all plays into the story later. So had an epidural, had our sweet baby girl, and things were wonderful until my headache came back with a vengeance even before I was discharged from the hospital. So we came home and God bless my husband. He basically took care of our four kids because I was in so much pain, like more pain than childbirth from my headache. So finally, with the advice of our OB providers and another good friend that we had been talking to, kind of keeping her informed of what was going on, on Saturday, so four days after I delivered, my husband took me to the emergency room in Scotts Bluff, which is an hour away, but that's, if you know rural Nebraska, that's kind of our nearest big hospital. So we get to the hospital, to the emergency room, where I'm in so much pain that they have to give me some pretty strong drugs and a sedative just to get me to lay still enough for an MRI. That wow, yes, that shows that I have a large brain tumor that is causing it's blocking the fluid from getting out of my brain. So, along with the large brain tumor, I have pretty severe swelling in my brain and I need emergent brain surgery. <laughs> so, okay, and wasn't it what did you say? You said you looked it up the other day. It was like six weeks before that mm -hmm. that you had messaged us and said, Google's telling me I have a brain tumor. And we all said, Oh, <laughs> no, no, it surely it's not a brain tumor. Yeah. And then we got the message. I mean, you messaged us, it was like midnight, mm -hmm. wasn't it? Yep, it was. It was in the middle of the night that you said, Hey, guys, I have a brain tumor. <laughs> yes. And we can laugh about it now. But Man, at the time, yeah, I think towards the end there, I just, I knew in my gut that something wasn't right, that it probably wasn't just pregnancy headaches, uh, the hearing loss, I had started to lose my balance, like just not really falling down or anything, just I couldn't walk in a straight line, like I would bump into door frames and just crazy things like that. Yeah. But I had decided that I'm so close to delivering, like I just, my focus was on the baby you know, as moms do. And I just promised that I would go to my regular provider after I delivered and get things figured out, but we did not make it. 
You did not make it. Okay, so they do the MRI, and they discover the brain tumor, and then what happens from there? Well, we had a few guardian angels in play. Uh, That night it was sleeting, kind of a snow mix, so the helicopters were not flying. We're, We're about four to five hours from Denver, so a helicopter would have been ideal, but there were none were flying. So thankfully, the ER doctor that night was one who I had actually worked with when I worked at the hospital in Scotts Bluff a few years ago. So I think he went above and beyond because they also couldn't find an ambulance or ambulance crew. Uh, they called several neighboring towns, and he finally found one, a driver from... Torrington, Wyoming, which is about half an hour from Scuss Bluff, and to, tra- to transport me down to Denver. But still, because I needed um, some steroids and another medication that only a registered nurse can administer, I needed it right away while we were in transit. So I needed a registered nurse with me, and they couldn't find any. But uh, when we I think maybe while I was having my MRI, my husband had called my best friend who's from here to tell her what was going on. And she had come down. So she actually was there in the emergency room with us. And she happens to also be a flight nurse. So I still don't know if she volunteered or if she got volunteered, but she clocked in and rode down to Denver with me so that I could get to Denver to Swedish Hospital, which is one of the best neurology hospitals in the Midwest. So you can already see so many miracles happening. Absolutely. How long of an ambulance ride was it from from there to Denver? Uh, Swedish is in Inglewood, so way on the south side of Denver. So even in the middle of the night, it took us close to five hours. So, oh, wow. Yes, it was a ride. <laughs> okay. And tell the part about while you're in the ambulance, because you have a tiny newborn at home, mm-hmm. what you said about the milk. Yes. So I'm a little bit, you know, still loopy from medications and such. And I think we, I, I have no idea where we, where we were at. Maybe halfway there. I halfway sat up on the stretcher and looked at my best friend and said, who do we know who has milk? Because it just like suddenly dawned on me that my newborn was back at home with grandma and grandpa and we needed milk for her. And she said, I've already taken care of it. So that's incredible. And you had a few moms, right? Yes, she had called a couple of our friends already and got had it arranged that milk would be dropped off at my in-laws house for the baby. And we ended up, I think four moms donated, but countless moms messaged me asking if we needed milk. Uh, So about, I think four friends donated enough milk to last the entire time that I was at the hospital and couldn't nurse. So man, if that's not a bunch of mamas being the hands and feet of Jesus. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, so you get to the hospital, and what happens there? 
So I think the plan was pretty, it's Sunday morning by this time. I think the plan was pretty emergent brain surgery, but there was so much swelling, so much extra fluid in my brain that they needed to get that under control before they could do a safe surgery. So thankfully the steroids and the medication that they had, that they were giving me was already relieving some of that um, swelling in my brain. So surgery was supposed to be on Monday, but because of other emergencies coming in through the hospital's ER, my surgery got moved to Tuesday, which was okay in the grand scheme of things, of course, God's planning. We, anyone who's had surgery knows how it is when they give you a time and then they come in and say, well, it's going to be an hour later and then another hour later, etc. <laughs> but that extra time allowed us to call around to a couple of cath- nearby Catholic churches and have a priest come do an anointing of the sick ceremony with me, which not only just praying with the priest, but having that done helped me have an incredible amount of peace going into surgery. So, so we've talked about this, but that peace that surpasses all understanding that the Bible talks about. That's mm-hmm. what you had, right? That's exactly what I had. And it was an incredible feeling that I don't think I've ever felt before, even in just regular life, let alone in such a circumstance. I've I've never even had surgery before this at all. So you would think that I would have been a wreck and I was just completely calm and I knew that God had it and Yeah. I think that's such a testament to how big God is and that when he says something, he means it when, I mean, who expects someone getting ready to go into brain surgery to have peace? So the fact (laughs) that you can say, I had that peace that surpasses all understanding is such a testament to the character of God and how he really does walk through the fire with us. So they told you that the surgery was expected to be how long? They told us and prepared us for a 12 to 16 hour surgery just because of how big and vascular there were lots of blood vessels, the location. It also encompassed or surrounded my whichever cranial nerve it is that deals with your hearing, which is why I lost the hearing in my left ear. So they were going to try really hard to preserve my hearing, hopefully. Um, So yeah, 12 to 16 hours is what we were prepared for. (laughs) Okay, so they tell you you're going in for a 12 to 16 hour brain surgery. And how long were you actually in surgery for? For four hours. Which is just incredible. I know. I have goosebumps every time I say that because, yeah. It's um, it's just insane. It is. I And throughout the whole story, at every twist and turn, you can just see, and I've heard you say it, that you're constantly seeing God show up at like every little moment. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So what happens when you get out of surgery? So they had also prepared my family and I that following surgery, my two surgeons wanted me to stay intubated or to have the 
breathing tube down my throat because they weren't sure if I would be able to breathe on my own or swallow properly after surgery just because of, like I said, how big and complex that tumor was. But again, just a few hours after surgery, I guess I was acting very agitated and trying to pull the tube out by myself. So they came in and did the tests that they do to see if it's okay for me to have the breathing tube out and they got to take it out and I didn't have any trouble breathing or swallowing on my own. Amazing. Yes. Thank thank God. <laughs> okay. And I remember getting the picture of how long was it after surgery that you or Matt sent us a picture of you standing? <laughs> yes, that lovely picture. Um, a few hours, uh, <laughs> less than 12 hours. They they came in and decided to see if I could get up and stand and walk. And I was terrified because, again, they didn't know where that tumor had been in the back of my brain is an area that deals a lot with your balance and coordination. And so we just weren't sure if I would be able to walk right away or how much weakness I would have on one side of my body. But they came in and I stood up and I walked to the bathroom and back and didn't have any balance issues or any trouble other than just being weak from being in bed for so long. So that again, definitely God. <laughs> I wish you could see the smile on my face right now because I just, <laughs> every time you tell this story, I am, I'm so mind blown. And it's just, every part of this story is so incredible. And your faith throughout that <laughs> entire, that entire thing. I mean, because you didn't know how you were going to come out of surgery. But before you went into surgery, we could see your faith. You didn't have to wait for the ending to trust that God had it under control. And I think that was so cool to watch in you. Well, thank you. I There's one other, I mean, we could list a hundred ways that God was at work, but the other huge, not necessarily the ending of the story, but again, before surgery, we weren't sure how much physical therapy or occupational therapy I would need or how long I was going to need to stay in the hospital or at a rehab facility. But three days after major brain surgery, I walked out of that hospital on my own two feet. <laughs> so- yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> and that we all just cried when we got that picture. I mean, because... It was just one of the coolest things I've ever seen to know that God was so tangible in that that entire thing. I mean, who walks out of the mm-hmm. hospital three days after brain surgery? Yep. Amen. <laughs> okay. So it's been five months since surgery, right? Mm-hmm. So are you 100% now or are there still things that you're working back towards? I would say I'm 100%. I My hearing came back in my left ear about six weeks after surgery. And I still am working on getting a little bit stronger. You know, how, 
pregnancy and postpartum and then surgery and you know it's it's a kind process. of a lot yeah it's kind of a <laughs> lot all at once so it's okay I'm okay with it but I can just definitely tell I'm not as strong as I was but that's totally expected but yeah other yeah. than that I have not had a headache since since the day of surgery so praise god yes Okay, so I want to know, through all of that, what was the biggest surprise or maybe something that you didn't realize about your faith or God that you do now? Well, a couple of things that kind of tie into each other. One should not be surprising, but just that I can tell you and will tell you for the rest of my life, without a doubt, that I know God is always, always right beside us. Even when we don't feel like it, even when we're at our lowest low or suffering or whatever, I I know that I've had to, like little kids, I've had to learn that lesson several times over and over again for it to sink in. So I shouldn't be surprised that I've had to learn that lesson so many times. But also the most surprising part, I mean... Not that I was questioning my faith, but I still am surprised at just how absolutely at peace I was going into surgery. Like so much to the point that I've had to apologize to some of my friends and family because they all were a wreck. And I just was like, oh, it's just another day. Like, I'm fine. Like, (laughs) just going to have brain surgery for 16 hours. No big deal. No big deal. (laughs) So that was... A pleasant surprise to be so calm and at peace with everything. Yeah, I love it so much. So I want to know, how did you see the people around you being the hands and feet of Jesus? Because I know so many people just wanted to love on you and your family any way that they could and rally around you guys. So how did you see that play out? In so many ways, and it's one of our favorite parts of the whole story, just how much love and support. And like you said, people being the hands and feet of Jesus for us through it all from other moms donating milk and the time it takes to drop it off and our community made a meal train for us. So I literally did not cook for three weeks when we got home from the hospital and it was amazing. And, um, just so many places from, of course, my own family, the baby stayed with my husband's parents who lived just a couple miles from us and our three-year-old, actually my, my mom came and got her, My parents live about three hours from us, so she got to stay with my parents for that week. And then the older two are my husband's brother and our sister-in-law, who's a first grade teacher, live just down the road from us too. So the older two stayed with them so they could maintain a pretty normal schedule and go back and forth to school with her. So just huge sacrifices by my family and friends and cards and it was incredible to feel so loved and so well taken care of. Yeah, I'm sure even from the outside looking in, I mean, you could just see the, I mean, there was posts that went viral that were 
people just praying for you and your family and asking how they could help. But I'll tell you, here's what I've loved up until now and watching you just so much encouraging people to not wait for something like a brain tumor to start living our lives that are in front of us and to start doing the things that God has called us to do. But what I really love is that oftentimes I think we can mean, or we can think that that means we have to do something really big. So will you talk about that? Because I know you have a really good perspective on that. Sure. And I'm going to back up for just one second and add about uh, how we saw so much love and support. Social media for all of its cons, we did, I mean, posts went viral and I had literally thousands of people, people whom I don't even know, praying for me. And that was an awesome feeling. And clearly, clearly you all interceded for me and God answered major prayers. So, (laughs) but yes, uh, I hope that I continue to show people that I hope you don't wait for something crazy or tragic in your own life to convince you that God is always with us and you can live every day to the fullest. And that doesn't necessarily mean what the world thinks it means as far as, you know, even myself, when I woke up and discovered that just how, you know, I could walk, I could move, I could talk, etc. I said, I have big plans now, you know, like I made it through this big thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were asking me, Oh, what are you going to do? Are you going to write a book? Are you going to travel the world or I don't know what they thought I meant by huge plans. But I finally said, my huge plans are to be here with my kids because I get to be here and raise them and show them, introduce them, not introduce them. My my kids know already, but just teach them about Jesus and love my family so well and so big and love my family and my community. And those are my big plans. I, I could hear God telling me after I woke up from surgery, I, I heard him loud and clear saying, you know, the, these are your priorities right now. These four little kids, like they're a blessing. They're my gift. I get to be here hopefully for the rest of my long life to be with them and raise them and, So this is where I will be. And I think that sometimes as a society, we either forget or we don't realize that that is God's work. That is kingdom work. We are raising the next generation. And I think so many of us, that is what we are called to, to love and steward our family well, and that not everyone has to, you know, chase some huge dream or not everyone is called to to do things like that but that sometimes 
in different seasons or in all of our seasons, maybe God is just calling us to simply love our family well and steward our family well. Yes, exactly. And it's not saying that one calling is any more or any less than another calling, but it's also okay to stop and get quiet and listen to what God is really telling you. If you feel like you're going a thousand directions and you're not really able to do anything well because you're trying to do everything, it's okay for this season to just, I don't want to say just, (laughs) I shouldn't (laughs) say just, it's okay to focus on your family or your kids and Maybe in another season you can focus on doing all the other things. But yes, I completely agree. It's very important work. Those words are going to be such a breath of fresh air to so many women listening to this who feel the pressure that they're not doing enough. And I know those words are just going to be a huge blessing because I know that's something that a lot of women struggle with is feeling the pressure from society that says Mm -hmm. we need to be doing more and that you know, staying home with our kids isn't enough anymore. And that's a straight up lie. Yes. So tell me, has your day to day life or what your days look like? Has that changed since your surgery? I would say not a lot. Uh, With four children, it's never calm or quiet. So that hasn't changed much. But what has changed has been my mindset or my perspective that instead of focusing on a hundred things and trying to raise them, but also feeling like I should write more or I should do more, or I should be able to help on the farm more, or I should, you know, any of those 100 other things that are pulling for our attention. Now my day, I am completely at peace with these are my children and raising them and taking care of them. That is my first priority. And it's okay if I don't get anything else done right now. And so it's really, yeah, just been a change of my perspective, I think. I love that. And I think there's so many times when really our situation doesn't need to change, but our perspective does. Mm -hmm. And so it's always really cool when when you've kind of had that perspective shift, I know I've experienced that in different situations where the situation itself didn't change, but either God changed my heart Mm -hmm. or I kind of realized that I needed to shift how I was viewing a situation. And then it, it made a world of difference. Yes. So I think that's really important that, you know, sometimes we don't need the things around us to change or the the situations or the people around us to change. We just need our perspective to change. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a scary prayer to pray to have our hearts changed because we're, I think we're so used to asking for things or asking for things or situations to change, but it can be pretty incredible when what, what God hands you, like you like to say, when your hands are open for it. So. Yes. Amen. Well, Michaela, is there anything that we skipped over? Oh, Did you already tell us about why the epidural was such a godsend? Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Well, I think everyone can see why having a baby was such a god thing, uh, even though maybe it added to the chaos. But 
she was an incredible, um, gave me incredible determination to get back home along with my three other kids. But the epidural was um, important because, like I said, I had the three others without epidurals and decided this time to have one. And it quite possibly, because it took care of so much of the pain, I think, I only had to push for less than five minutes, which is incredible, especially if I think with my three others, I pushed for half an hour to an hour at least. Oh, man. Yeah. So it quite possibly saved me from having a stroke while I was in labor. And that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, that's... I love that God even shows up in that. Like something that you would just think is Mm -hmm. not related, like getting Mm -hmm. an epidural, how that plays into the story. So, okay, a couple of things that I know people are going to want to know. The tumor was benign. Yes. But it had also been growing. It was a very slow growing tumor, correct? Yes. So, so they thought, didn't they tell you they thought it had been growing for maybe up to five years? Or yes. am I remembering that wrong? Yep. that's. There's no way of knowing, of course, but they think it could have been there growing slowly over the last five years. So Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, Michaela, I want you to tell everyone where they can find you on social media and the internet, because I know they're going to get so much out of following along with you. I hope so. I I hope everyone can see how this was God working through me to show you all his glory and his goodness. So when I share about anything related to this story, I make it public on my own Facebook page. So just Michaela Gasling. So you're, you're welcome to follow me there. And I have a blog called Cowgirl Boots and Running Shoes. So just cowgirlbootsandrunningshoes.com, which I have not used a lot lately because like I said I'm trying to pull back from a few things and then on Instagram I also go by the same cowgirl boots and running shoes name so well Michaela thank you so much for being on this conversation was incredible and I know it is going to bless so many people so thank you for being willing to share it with us thank you so much (laughs) 